You're listening to Hump Day News and Rumors on Mousecapades Radio. Get ready for something majestic. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Stephanie. We hope that you're staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 670, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Today, we'll be bringing you all the latest Disney rumors and news to help your week be a bit more magical. The Mousecapades podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, one of us would be glad to help. Just text us. We've got Vicki or myself, Stephanie at 636-395-0544 and we'd be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your trip, so contact us today. So Steph, I thought I would start today with some crazy. I mean, there's always gotta be something crazy out of Disney. I love crazy, Vicki. <laughs> so on Saturday, there was a bee infestation problem at one of the Joffrey's kiosks. And actually we went to this one while we were there, which I think is interesting. Gina got a drink there. Uh, the kiosk is the one in Canada and it had to be shut down because the bees were just overtaking the cast members as well as the guests. And of course, Disney doesn't want to have that on their head. So the cast members were seen cleaning the kiosk with squeegees and spray and all kinds of things. I don't know what kind of spray they were using, but Disney had to bring in pest control um, to make sure that the bees were gone before. Apparently that um, this has happened in the past and they just have to be careful, but they got all that sugary stuff they put in the coffee. That's true. Like that vanilla syrup they put in there is delicious, but it's super, super sugary. I'm just surprised that it got to the point of an infestation. Well, maybe they can build stuff overnight because we found that out with our wasps. Really? Yeah, you can knock it down and they'll work like all night because my mom has a problem with wasps and bees building things underneath the handle to the stairs that go into her house. And so sometimes she'll have to, she'll put a note on the door because it's glass and she'll put a note that says, go to the other door. There's wasp problem or whatever until my brother can come over and knock it down or spray it down or whatever. But yeah, ooh, crazy. I just hope nobody was hurt. Yeah. I mean, people have, like, people are allergic to <laughs> you are. Yeah. Do you have an EpiPen or do you just swell up? It's never been that bad, but I have to take Benadryl and then Benadryl makes me go to sleep. Yeah. Kind of ruins your whole park day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would not be an ideal way to spend your park day. No. So we're going to kind of keep on that crazy track, Vicki. How about over here in Tokyo Disney Sea? A cast member was seen swimming. I repeat, he was swimming in the Venetian gondola canals. Now, he wasn't just going for a little dip or something <laughs> as it kind of sounds like. Um, but Saturday, seems that an oar got free from a gondola. So I don't know if it was his gondola or I'm assuming that's whose it was, but the oar fell into the water and this cast member decided to jump into the canal water with a life preserver to get the oar. If we're not talking about like a child fell into the water, we're talking an oar. I know. Like what in the world? 
you would assume it would it's just replaceable you know no big deal we're just gonna get a new one but no he decided he needed to take it upon himself not just to like get himself over there he was gonna jump in and then swim to the ladder to get out of the water with the oar so i i don't know what was going on there i don't know why <laughs> he thought that was so important to retrieve but made for quite a show Unless it had money attached to it, I think I would have just let it float away. <laughs> I know that sounds ugly, but, or unless he thought he was going to get fired or something, but I'm like, what in the world? I feel like you have more risk of getting fired for causing a scene where you're jumping into a canal where you're not supposed to be swimming. You know, like maybe he just wasn't thinking and he just acted quick. And then later he was like, that was the worst idea ever. <laughs> Why? So. But it was, uh, somebody caught it on video and somebody had pictures, so the guy will never get over that again. I mean, like, no. it's going to be around forever and ever. You know that his friends, from now on, they're going to, like, throw things into the canal and be like, <laughs> so you're going to go get it? Gets them. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. It'll be the ongoing well, joke. If it was a child, I sure hope he would go in if he's going to go in for an oar. Um, so we haven't had one of these in a, in a while, but an entertainment designer filed a lawsuit against Disney claiming that the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance uses technology that he designed and pitched to Disney in 2014. Wow. Louis Alfieri previously worked with Universal Creative and is now the chief creative officer of an entertainment design company called Raven Sun Creative. According to the lawsuit that he filed in Orlando's district court, Last week, Alfira pitched an Ultra Tower show experience to Walt Disney Engineering in 2014. Alfira's patent for the drop ride mechanism used in the pitch was pending at the time. It had already been applied for, but he hadn't heard back. So he claims Disney has used the technology in the popular Star Wars Rise of the Resistance without consulting his company or compensating him for it. The patent was filed in 2013, excuse me, for a vertically aligned amusement ride apparatus. <laughs> Say that five times. Right? <laughs> vertically aligned amusement ride apparatus. This would move a ride in sync with a video on the screen. The moment in Star Wars Rise of the Resistance that uses this technology is near the end. It's when the guests drop in front of the screen while escaping the First Order Star Destroyer, Destroyer on an escape pod. I'm pretty sure this is why they told you not to ride this ride. <laughs> this is the reason I couldn't ride. Other drop rides, including the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, have used a similar technology, but Alfieri claims his technology improved this mechanism for an enhanced illusion and improved experience. Raven Sun Creative notified Disney of the patent infringement in March of 2020. Oh, right during the pandemic. I'm sure that was, they were like, <laughs> so Disney responded in November 2020 saying that they would not be compensating this company and they would continue to operate Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Disney's representatives did not respond when they were contacted for a comment. I don't know. This, I mean, it sounds like stuff they've already been doing. So how does he get to say like, oh, yeah, but I just made it better. And so now you can't make anything better than what you already have because I patented it. I don't know. This just seems to happen a lot. <laughs> I do think it's funny. There have been movies like in the past. Um, what was it when Zootopia came out and someone said they had pitched the idea to Disney 
and they didn't like the idea, but then boom, this movie comes out that's almost exact. Just they changed the animals in the movie. So I don't know what to think. And I, and when Disney doesn't respond, that makes me suspicious. Mm-hmm. Do you know what happened with that Zootopia movie? Did they, the person end up getting any compensation? No, because at the time the person worked for Disney when the idea was pitched and now the person does not work for Disney. So they said that the court said that legally that anything that he created under Disney is Disney's. Hmm. Like you can't, t- even though Disney didn't like tell them right then they were going to do it, it was created while he was working at Disney. Therefore, it becomes Disney property. Seems like Disney's just over there, like with their notepad and idea book, like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, actually, we don't like that idea, but we're just going to save it and maybe come back just to it in later. Just in case ours. you quit the job and yeah, and then it's ours. Oh. I don't know. I do not know. Interesting. I wonder how that will play out. Yeah, I will update us if I find out. So Mickey's Toontown in Disneyland is going to be closing in March of 2022 for some Disney reimagining, including new interactive elements. This sounds super exciting. The only bummer is that it's going to be closed until 2023. Correct. So anybody who is planning those trips right now for Disneyland, remember this is Disneyland, from March of 2022 until, and they left this wide open, 2023, we're not sure. As Margie Margie said, say, right? Could be December 31st of 2023. We don't know. Um, but it it could be could be kind of down for a while. Toontown could be. So we've got um they're gonna be reopening this with the new Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, the IAAPA Expo. Disney Parks Experiences and Product Chairman Josh DeMario denounced a large-scale reimagining of Disney's Toontown and Disneyland. Mickey's Toontown will transform into a vibrant symphony of sights, sounds, and sensations, focusing on sensory play and spaces for family to play together and relax. We are so excited to leverage Disney's powerful brand, develop new stories, and share even more magical experiences with our guests, said DeMario. Um, the newly reimagined Mickey's Toontown will be welcoming a welcoming place where families and younger guests can connect and play together in a fun new way. It does sound like it could be exciting. It does, and I loved Toontown before they took it out of Disney World. Um, I know... Nick was like, they had to to do Walt's dream. And I understand that part, but I do think it was a really cool experience for people to have a place to see where what Mickey and Minnie lived like. I know it's not, they're imaginary. I get that part. <laughs> but to kids, like they had um, Mickey-shaped tomatoes and like everything was Mickey-shaped that was growing in their garden. And I don't know, I just really, really liked it. But I will tell you that the renderings for this are beautiful. Uh, it makes me want to go, but I don't really want to wait till 2023. I was really hoping to go next year. So it's just really nice to have things for younger kids to do at the parks. Absolutely. Walt's dream is neat, but not necessarily as kid friendly. Um, so it's nice to have something that like kids are really excited for too. That's also not a ride and not a dark ride. Like sometimes kids get scared of different things. So this would just be a fun way for 
like they said, for families to relax and just to have some downtime where there's something to do and look at, that would be exciting for everybody. Yeah, for instance, Mr. Toad. I did not know Mr. Toad was still alive in Disneyland. That is a dark ride. Is it? Yeah, he goes to H-E double hockey sticks. <gasps> like the, the ride goes through that. And one of the vloggers I was watching took their small child on that. And I said to Kaylee, I'm like, seriously? I didn't even know there was such a ride there. Spider-Man No Way Home is going to release two days earlier on December 15th in the, in the UK. It isn't said to be released here in the United States until December the 17th. Okay, I wanna know why they get to have two days earlier. Interesting, yeah. So Spider-Man No Way Home is the third film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man trilogy. It is going to be, or it is directed by John Watts, tongue-tied today, and written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. It stars MCU veterans Tom Holland, Zendaya, or you say Zendaya? I think it's Zendaya. Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Batalin, John Favreau, Marissa Tomei, J.B. Smoove, and Benedict Wong. Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx are reprising their villain roles from Sam Rami's and Mark Webb's Spider-Man films, respectively. That is really interesting that it's going to release earlier in the UK. I guess stay away from any possible, like, <laughs> if you Spoilers. don't want a spoiler, right, don't get online. So that Jamie Foxx, the character that he played in that, did you see this one? No, I haven't. It was scary, like, because you always think of Jamie Foxx as somebody funny, and it was a scary character. I mean, he's a villain, obviously, and that's what they're trying to get across, but that was a little freaky to me, because I said, wait, how is that happening? And then Joey's like, you'll have to watch. <laughs> like, I thought he died. So they, they did a good job making that scary, huh? <laughs> making him a good villain. Well, he, like, became an eel, only a per in a person form. Like, he was... Um, what do you call it? Like he was in water and he was stung by an eel or something, a bunch of eels, and it gave him electric charged power or something. Hmm. I don't know how to explain it any better, but anyway. And that makes sense to me. He is a little scary. Hmm, interesting. So Mickey's Magic opened early from the refurbishment where Disney added the scenes where Donald is chasing the sorcerer's hat and a scene from the movie Coco. This is exciting because Disney doesn't frequently <laughs> do things at the schedule. <laughs> but I feel like we're always like, oh, I'm sorry for a letdown, but it's still <laughs> closed. Um, but no, this is now opened. And I also found this interesting because the full signage hasn't been completely finished as of yet. And Disney's also kind of one of those who likes to have the whole thing done. Right. All and or then open it. And yet they were like, eh, it's just a sign. It's fine. Go on in and watch it. We'll finish the sign later. So, I mean, I'm kind of glad right. that they did that and made that choice because it really is just a sign and it's fine. Um, the colors of the marquee have been mark the marquee have been switched with the new sound sign is now blue, and the lettering's gold. A dark pink banner has now been added hanging from the marquee. The banner reads, The Kingdom's Most Magical Musical Review in white lettering. This is in reference to the Mickey Mouse Review. The original show, House, is in the theater. And then 
Mickey Mouse review opened with Magic Kingdom on October 1st of 1971 and it closed in 1980. Like the rest of the marquee, it has gold on its edge. And then the three-dimensional musical notes and stars have been painted gold as well. The show's complete sign has yet to be added back to the sides of the marquee. We love the look of the part of the sign that has returned and we can't wait to see the final changes. Just seems like it kind of ties in really nicely with what everything the park has going on now with the blues and the pinks and the golds for the 50th. The only, I just wish it was done when the 50th actually was. But I liked how they tied the two things together, the current show with the original show by putting the name of the original show down below and then tying the two things together. I thought that was extra special. Yeah, that was a good good idea someone had there. Good idea, good idea. Like they hear what we say, no, I'm just <laughs> right. They do, I'm telling you, Vicki, they listen to us. <laughs> so when Tokyo Disney reopened on April the 1st, the guests were seated with their party and separated by one seat for social distancing purposes, of course, like we had here in the United States. But beginning tomorrow, November 18th, all the seats at Showbase and the Fantasyland Forest Theater at Tokyo Disneyland and the Broadway Music Theater at Tokyo Disney Sea will now be eligible for entry request and vacation package usage. This should make it somewhat easier for some guests to see Club Mouse Beat, Mickey's Magical Musical World, and Big Band Beat a special treat compared to what Tokyo Disney has been doing since April, which is social distancing. These changes will also likely apply to Let's Party Gras at Theater New Orleans, Song of Mirage at the Hangar Stage, and the Dockside Stage when those venues finally return. So that's good. Um, I still am a little scared. I, I, I don't see what the problem is. I understood when it was the whole six feet apart how many people we were shutting out, but I don't think one seat apart is too much to ask. But I know. It, it really was nice to have that extra elbow room. Yeah, for sure. I know they want to pack them in because then there's less wait times on stuff, but it really is nice. (laughs) I mean, before COVID at the movie theater, I was always like putting my purse and a seat next to me and hoping that nobody would ask me to move it. Right. Like I just like a little bit of extra space. I know that's how yesterday on the plane, I knew I had to have somebody sitting by me. Um, I was just thankful it wasn't they had a whole group of like, I believe it was soccer players, like they had a championship or something. And I was just grateful that <laughs> it wasn't one of them. But this lady goes, can we sit by you? And it was a husband and wife. And I'm like, sure. But it was nice to have that middle seat as a cushion. Yeah. So the CDC is no longer recommending that fully vaccinated people wear masks indoors in Florida. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Florida now falls under the moderate tier of community transmission of COVID-19. It's the only state in the nation below the substantial and high tiers. When it comes to individual counties, Orange County, Florida, home to Universal Resort and most of the Walt Disney World Resort, is also in the moderate tier. Some of the Walt Disney World Resort also resides in Osceola Mm -hmm. County, which falls under that substantial tier. So unvaccinated people in Orange County, Florida should wear a mask in public indoor settings. Mask requirements 
might vary from place to place, make sure to follow your local laws, rules and regulations or guidance. Everyone in Osceola County, Florida should wear a mask in public indoor places. Mask requirements might vary from place to place, so make sure you follow those, all of those rules. Um, just a lot of gray area there. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking when I read that. Like, what is Disney doing? What have they said? Well, I, they didn't say, but I'm thinking we haven't heard any changes. Like we have no articles or no information from other people saying that they're changing what they're doing. Um, I do know it was a couple weeks ago we reported on it though, that if you're vaccinated and you work indoors now and you're a cast member, you don't have to wear your mask. Right, but that was for cast members only. Correct. For everything that's been said, people are still required to wear their masks while they're on transportation, while they're inside at the stores. Right. Honestly, for a while, I think it's okay because people are coming from everywhere. Those cast members are in Orlando all the time. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong reason. I have a student that argues every day with me about wearing a mask. And t today, he, I took him aside and he's like, I hate the mask. And I said, do I look like I like the mask? No. <laughs> right. Do you think anybody likes the mask? No. But guess what? It's the rule. That's number one. Number two, it's keeping us safe. So we're going to leave the mask on because we're going to be kind to our friends and to ourselves. And he was like, whatever, lady. I could tell <laughs> on his face. But I'm like, I'll be at it again tomorrow when I have to keep saying Put your mask on your face and it wouldn't be as big of a deal because he does have some extra energy so he sits off on his own but he gets up and walks around the room when i'm teaching and the mask's not on that's not okay i think i yeah. could not be so stringent about it if he was because he's up in the front of the room nobody else is i mean nobody is near him because he couldn't handle it but anyway i digress so I don't know if there is a right or wrong way, but for right now, we're following the rules because that's the rules. Right. And uh, I, I think it's important to remember that Disney can also make its own rules just because they suggested, right? right? It, it, they can still, they're a privately owned, like they get to make the rules that they want everybody to have. And I agree with you where you're saying like, okay, so Florida is now moderate, but what if you're coming from one of those high tier areas? Right. Like, and that's most people who are at Disney are not local to Orange County. Like they're gonna be from other places. So the cast members, yes, the workers, yes, they can be, they might be able to have different rules, but maybe it is and something to be more strict about. I don't know. I guess we'll, time will tell. Right. In the meantime, I, I have both my COVID shot and my flu shot now, so I'm feeling very secure. <laughs> I have guests who are or clients who are going to be there in like a week and they're like they've been hearing the rumors that maybe masks are going away and they were asking do you think I should buy masks like we don't have we want Disney like coordinating matching masks because I don't want to spend the money on them if it's not going to be required because then I don't have to and I'm like eh, I say go ahead and buy some masks <laughs> because so, I just don't think it's going to go away that quick well, I honestly didn't realize how many I had the other day, so I washed them all. <laughs> I know Brad's like, what is this, Mass Central? Because I literally had like 35 masks lined up on the reeling, 
because I found that's the best way to dry them. They shrink up too bad if you wash and dry them. So I wash mm. and hang them on our banister to dry. And uh, yeah, it was so crazy. But <laughs> I don't think they're going away to your friends. I hope eventually, but not yet. Yeah. Well, this was kind of sad, but then there's a padded happy story for you to say after I say this one. So the Walt Disney uh, World restaurants are not going to be decorated for the holidays again this year. Um, the official beginning was November the 12th, which was Friday at Walt Disney World. And the theme parks, including the interiors of many of the stores, were quickly decorated in the week's leading up to the season's kickoff we even talked about that last week how pretty much everybody went to sleep on the 31st and then the next morning they came in and that big tree was in main street and decorations were hanging on main street usa well the restaurants are going to remain undecorated last year they did it they said because of the pandemic but it seems that disney's decided this is a permanent decision which really makes me super sad because the decorations that's for now unless something changes no so one exception to this is Jock Lindsay's Holiday Bar in Disney Springs. They changed their name because they're the hangar bar during the regular time of the year. So they were allowed to decorate. Um, however, Disney wants us to know that holiday treats are available at many dining locations and the characters dressed up for their holiday appearances like Hollywood and Vine for Mickey's Holiday Dine. That will still be occurring. But I still don't think it's the same. No, you just it's like Disney is supposed to be as all immersive type environment where right. everything that's around you just makes you feel so included in whatever it is wherever you are so around the holidays I should feel Christmas everywhere I am right whether I'm eating or not but that's kind of sad I wonder um, what they do with all the decorations because that's I a lot know. of decorations well I was thinking if I was a cast member that worked in one of those restaurants Christmas is really a big thing for me I love to decorate for Christmas and right. how sad it would be so Maybe the cast members will decorate it themselves. I just thought of that. <laughs> so we, that's what we do at school. Um, I wish, but I bet they aren't allowed to because, you know, oh, well, you, can, you can't decorate over here. And then we didn't do it over here. It'll make this person look bad. And true. I bet they have some sort of rules about it. I'm just over here laughing to myself thinking, wonder if in like 2020, they're like, oh, we're a little bit short on money. Anybody want to put some of these Christmas decorations on Marketplace? <laughs> like, what did they do? No kidding. If they're doing that, I want to get in on that deal. Right. Well, I mean, they had so much. So just right. if, for them to up and say, we're just not going to decorate. What did you do with the decorations? Did you already sell them? Is that why you can't decorate ever again? Let's not know. hope that, that, I mean, let's hope that it's not, uh, they destroyed them. Like, what was it? <sighs> the, what was it that did that? Oh, Finding Nemo, where they said they destroyed everything already. I'm like, you destroyed it before you decided to end it? That doesn't even make any sense. Right. People aren't thinking very clearly. That's right. Well, let's get ourselves back into the holiday spirit with some Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to Once Upon a Toy at Disney Springs. Guests wishing to meet Santa will need to join, you guessed it, a virtual queue after their arrival at Disney Springs. Guests must be at Disney Springs in order to join this virtual queue. So you're not hanging out at your hotel and joining and seeing if you get there. You have to actually be at Disney Springs. Um, it's going to open at 9 a.m. and close at 4 p.m. on the My Disney Experience. So Disney Springs isn't closing at 4, but that's when you can right. join this virtual queue from 9 to 4. 
as with everything else, I would not <laughs> suggest waiting around and doing it at four. I would imagine the um, it'll fill up rather quickly. So your best bet is to get there earlier. As with all other Walt Disney World virtual queues, guests are given a group number and given a return time. And Santa's gonna meet between 10 a.m. and 9 p.m. daily. And there will be projected wait times posted. Guests aren't allowed to approach Santa, but they do get time to speak with him and take photos. So kind of like any other of the socially distanced, COVID-friendly character meet and greets they have going on, gotta six feet apart it no hugging um but you do get to talk with the big man santa will be available for visits through december 24th of 2021 of course because price got to deliver the packages can't be there on the 25th i'm just thinking why can't gideon's let us do something through the app why do i have to go and, and find this the lady is true. Come on, Gideons, let me know how long that virtual queue is before I even make my trip over to Disney Springs just for my cookies, only for a letdown. We need that chocolate chip toffee pistachio cookie. I know, I keep talking about it. I can't get over it. So before my son fell asleep tonight, I did not get to talk to him about this, but I saw that Disney has confirmed um, that Marvel's WandaVision starring scene stealer, Catherine Hahn, Agatha House of Harkness is going to come to Disney Plus soon. They didn't give us an official release date or series details at this time, but we will let you know as soon as we know. Um, the Katherine Hahn that's in that is the hilarious woman from Bad Moms. I was trying oh, to think what nice. else I've seen her in, but she's just a hot mess. But she mm -hmm. really was a scene stealer in WandaVision, so good for her they kind of left it like that for us to think that's what's going to happen so good news soon there will be agatha house of harkness right, is joey well really name. big on that we all watched it as a family okay um, and he really enjoyed wandavision and then we watched loki and this was uh, this is going to be the next one apparently i really need to jump on this ship but like i still haven't seen any of these i feel very out of the loop so maybe when the kids are taking a nap after the baby comes, <laughs> you uh, well, then Keith won't get to see him, but still, you could watch him. Although you're supposed to be napping when they nap, so who knows? Maybe after the baby comes, I'll have enough energy if I do nap when the baby's napping that I could watch him with Keith in the evening. Right now, I am asleep. Like, as soon as the kids are in bed, I am in bed next. And I am exhausted. And, <laughs> and I don't I blame you. Stay. Disney has cast culturally diverse actors to portray Santa Claus. Walt Disney World cast members were given the opportunity to meet Santa before he greets guests in upcoming sightings at Disney parks. Cast members often get access to exclusive meet and greets or character sightings as part of one of their perks of the job. One of the many perks. Man, I wish I was a cast member. <laughs> I know. The many cast members that were chosen to fill this important role this season are very excited to greet all of the Disney guests. It was really cool that you can Google that if anybody's interested. There's tons and tons of cast members that took their picture with Santa and then posted on social media. Yay! Including Grogu. <laughs> Aww, really? Yes. Baby Yoda. So this is very exciting. This is a movie that Kaylee and I love to still watch. It is Enchanted. 
So the sequel to it, titled Disenchanted, is coming to Disney Plus in the fall of 2022. There is a major amount of movies coming in the fall of 22, 2022, because that's when Hocus Pocus 2 is coming out. And the other day they announced something else that was coming out in 2022. Now this. So, so Disney revealed all this on the official day, uh, Disney Plus day. And I know that you are on Snapchat. I'm digressing for a second from this story. I know that you, but it goes along with it. Do Snapchat. Did you take a picture of yourself with the Disney Plus day filter? I didn't. There was one? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I wasn't expecting it. Oh, no, I didn't. Whoopsies. Very cool. So Amy Adams is returning in the lead role of Giselle, which I think is fantastic because I don't know who would play that part. She was perfect for it. I love this movie, too. I love that you and Kaylee like it as well because this is such a cute movie. It is adorable. Um, She's also producing it. Barry Josephson and Barry Sonnenfeld, excuse me, are returning as the producers. Adam Shankman, director of Hairspray and the Wedding Planner, is directing. Composer Alan Menken and lyricist Stephen Schwartz are back to write new songs for this musical. Also returning to the cast is Patrick Dempsey as Giselle's husband, Robert Phillip. James Marsden is coming back as Prince Edward. And Idina Menzel is coming as Nancy Tremaine, which is interesting because her original character was thrown off the top of that New York building. Uh, Maya Rudolph will be playing Malvina, the film's villain, and Colton Stewart will be playing her son. I am so excited, but I I didn't think Enchanted was on Disney Plus. Is it? Uh, I don't think it is because I think Kaylee said they still are under like Netflix or Hulu or something. They're under somebody else or Amazon Prime. You know how they have a certain amount of contract and they have to wait till that contract okay. comes up. And so I wonder if it's coming up soon. It, it, it's just weird that the sequel will be on Disney Plus, but you can't watch the original on Disney Plus. I hope it is too. We actually have it on DVD, but um, I remember it's something like that because one night I wanted to watch it and she's like, oh, that's the one that's on another streaming service. And I'm like, yeah, I've searched several streaming services trying to figure out which one it's on and ended up giving up and going with something else because I think that would easily be one of Lucy's favorite movies if we could just find it. Oh, yeah, because she would feel like a little princess girl. Oh, yeah. She would love, love, love Amy Adams. The Muppets Christmas Caroling Coach takes over the omnibus at Disneyland for the Merriest Nights After Hours ticketed event. And I do have to take a moment just to say I do have clients who are at Disney right now and they did the after hours event and they did it with a two-year-old which that's kind of the reason I haven't done any of the after hour events because my three-year-old I didn't think could could hang but their two-year-old did a great job and they almost purchased another set of tickets for another night they loved it so much really yeah they were like we we were gonna look into another another night it was just so much fun that we wanted to do it again well that's awesome right especially with that price tag like i often wonder if people have buyer's remorse after they're done with it like was that worth all of that money because it it did get up there the price is up there now right um but they loved it they absolutely loved it and said it was well worth it and the two-year-old did a great job so Incidentally, I just looked and Enchanted is on Amazon Prime. 
Amazon, okay, I guess that's probably where I, I probably did Hulu <laughs> and then I looked on Netflix and I stopped, I gave up. So Amazon Prime's where I'm gonna have to watch it. Yep, so you and Lucy need a girl movie night. Oh, that's happening in the very near future, <laughs> guaranteed. Lots of Christmas Now that movies. I know. Um, so anyways, back to the Muppets. The Muppets are gonna perform Christmas carols on Main Street USA for guests. It's a nine minute show that'll be performed four times during the hard ticketed event. They've decked the bus out with the very recognizable flair of the Muppet Show with these beautiful red curtains, holly, garland, Christmas lights, and a few signs that are delightfully askew, said show director Jordan Peterson. Guests are invited to sing along with Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie the Bear, Gonzo, Sam Eagle, and Pepe the King Prawn as they... Um, as they regal the crowds with the classic carols. Tunes will include Here We Come a Caroline, Feliz Navidad and Deck the Halls, all which the Peterson, uh, which, which Peterson promises will come with a Muppet style comedic twist. I love the Muppets. I do too. And uh, I don't think that, I guess I haven't watched anything new enough to know Pepe the King Prawn until I watched the Haunted Mansion Muppet movie and i still didn't watch that one it's he's hilarious he has that little doo -doo -doo. i don't know how to do the spanish accent but he has this little spanish accent and it's so cute oh I but, to... but he's a he's a little shrimp and i'm not making fun of his size he's literally a prawn so. <laughs> he is an actual shrimp that's exactly right i just think they're so silly and goofy and um they make me laugh so I bet this will be a fun show for people to watch. Yeah, I know it will be. So thank you for joining us this week for the rumors and news. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or text us at 636-395-0544. If you would like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, you can text us, Stephanie or me, Vicki, at 636-395-0544. Just a reminder that a $200 deposit will hold your reservation. And be sure to listen to Friday's show. As you know, last week, Vicki and Gina and their friends were sharing about their recent girls trip. And so this week, you'll be able to hear part two of that girls trip to Disney World in October. As always, thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, Steph, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Have a magical day, my friends. If you can sing the bells of Notre Dame What makes a monster and what makes a man Whatever that pitch you can feel Them bewitch you, the rich and the rich will man